and welcome to Imagine Me and Yurikuma. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with Alice, my co-host. Hi, Alice. Hello there. And I'm also here with Alice's lovely wife, Cass. Hello, Cass. As usual, lovely to be here. And uh, soon to be released from their podcast-shaped prison, Yasha and Vana. Hello! Hello! Good morning. Good morning! <laughs> Yasha just woke up. <laughs> it's 7.30 in the evening. <laughs> so that's this is going to be a fun energy that we bring oh. to the show today. <laughs> bold, bold assumption that it's energy of any kind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Define Hopefully energy. I have enough caffeine here to transmute this into some kind of energy, even if it is incoherent energy. I believe in you and I think the power of caffeine. I, I said before you shouldn't believe in me. Well, may, maybe you should believe in caffeine, though. I can believe in the caffeine and the caffeine believes in you. So there you go. There we go. There we go. How's everybody doing? <laughs> I think... Yeah, we're all doing fine, uh, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a it's been a rough week for Alice and I, so I'm just glad that we're here recording tonight. Oh yeah, I'm so glad you made it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I am happy as always to talk to you on this. Uh, I was gonna say it's a beautiful Friday. It's not really. It's been kind of. It's been kind of rainy today here. Oh, give us I that live. weather. I want that we back. Want the sunlight bullshit. <laughs> Bright and gross it's been raining for like the past three days here nice forget the sun all my homies hate suns all my homies yeah i'm not a sun person i'm not a big fan of that you could turn that into a really decent christian joke (laughs) okay what (laughs) that wasn't what i expected you to say although i guess i'm never expecting whatever you're about to say yeah it's really for the best, though, isn't it? As I mean, you're not that. wrong. Like, you're comp- that's a completely accurate statement. <laughs> <laughs> All my homies hate the sun. Okay. Uh, so, we're here to talk about episode 11 of Yuri Kuma Arashi. I don't remember what this episode title is. Does anyone have that? Oh, my God. Hell no. Oh. That's... That's a good question. Let's Google Yuri Kuma episode 11 title. What we hope for. There we go. I watched this episode earlier with my roommate who my, uh, my wife and I's newest roommate is a, uh, he is a heterosexual man. The first of those that I have lived with in a very long time. And (laughs) I, uh, I said that I needed to watch this and I was going to watch it in the living room. And he was like, yeah, I'll watch it with you. And I was like, okay, but this is like episode 11 of like an already weird anime. And he's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. It's fine. (laughs) So we watched it together and he did not say very much while we watched this, but his, he had, he had several reactions and I'm going to tell you what they were. The first was he uh when during the opening sequence when there's the foot biting scene he uh gave, gave a, a a hearty little chuckle uh, he had not reacted to anything previous to that uh including mm-hmm. like just the opening of the episode but he saw the foot bite and he was like that's funny <laughs> and then there's a scene in this episode where 
Lulu references herself being a bear in disguise. And he was like, you know, I had a suspicion. (laughs) (laughs) And then somewhere in like, like three fourths of the way through the episode, he just, I don't remember exactly what was happening on screen, but he just goes, Mm -hmm. this is a weird show. Wow. <laughs> and those were, I mean, he's not okay. Kid. He's not you know wrong. What? Those were all of his reactions throughout this. <laughs> Three quarters of the way through makes me think it was like when Ginkgo was hallucinating that she was back in the um, bed. Yeah, back in the bed. And that other bear was trying to like seduce her and prove she was her lust or whatever because they have a flashback to that. Does that sound right? I don't remember what was happening. It just, like, I remember there wasn't anything in particular that was, like, Mm. it wasn't Mm -hmm. specifically strange, but I guess I'm just, I'm used to the weirdness of Yuri Kuma at this point, so I don't know what does and does not count as weird anymore. You know, doing this podcast has eroded my ability to tell when something is strange. Yeah, Ikuhara will do that to you. Yeah. Ikuhara is not stranger than the confines of Ikuhara logic. As soon as you get outside of Ikuhara logic, you don't know what the fuck is but going I, on in but there. But I do think it's admirable and bold for someone to endeavor to watch this. <laughs> get from the penultimate episode right on? yeah like i mean he's not gonna you know watch what? any more of it he only watched just episode 11 but uh just you know because why not like if you don't have anything yeah. else going on on a friday night just pay attention to that yeah oh my lord so it was fun i uh i enjoyed that experience you know what's interesting that is a mate that is a sign that life is returning to normal because you just complained about having like your friday night being pathetic oh i was referencing a meme oh okay (laughs) never mind then because i was gonna say for the last like i almost said decade for the last (laughs) year nobody has had any concept of what friday means anyway oh no i don't do anything on friday nights I, there's this uh meme of sonic the hedgehog and he's like he there's like a speech bubble and he's saying alone on a friday night pathetic oh god yeah okay that's and that was that was what i was uh referencing i'll have to find it so i can send it to you i'm sorry the only sonic meme that exists is the one that says there is no ethical consumption under capitalism i have that That sonic fandom has yielded many many good (laughs) memes no there's only one no there's many good memes no (laughs) gotta go fast Sonic okay, is there's two. enduring. Okay, there's only two memes. <laughs> After the heat death of the universe, Sonic will persist. Look, Sonic is what is, is like the energy of bears. Yeah, queer women take the yeah. it with U- Ikuhara energy. Mm-hmm. Like, is heterosexual like nerds in the Sonic fandom? Like, like why are you making me think about heterosexual nerds? <laughs> most of the I people i know that like sonic are queer but then it that's, just yeah it, it occurred to me that that's sort of a bit of sample bias it helped me out a little bit <laughs> <laughs> a little wee, wee bit lulu i failed you as a friend we it's like oh no no i mean as soon as you see the i mean we know she's dead yeah know. and the shredded up picture book mm-hmm 
because nobody is where we left them. So this clearly is a flash forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this time I actually watched the opening, which <laughs> I shocked. tried to avoid doing because I'm not really that. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it I'm doesn't sorry, vibe uh, with me. Ivana, did you not like the theme song? This is news no. to me. This is not something that I have ever heard before. Ivana hates like the theme, the theme song. song. I don't like she doesn't song. like the style of music that yeah. it is. The, the kind of like. Guys, I know. It's because Vana says it every time. I, yeah. Every time. But this time I actually watched it and read the lyrics. I've never actually read the lyrics. I suggest it, you I suggest you do that because it is literally a plot summary. Uh-huh. Uh, literally. Yep. Like, oh, the frame of a picture book. And you're like, when you watch the first episode, you think that's some symbolic shit. And it's like, no, there's a fucking picture book. Like, it's a, like it's literally the kind of thing where later on in the song and it's and it's like Oh, no matter how much I have to rip space time apart, I'll come and be by your side. And then now we have no choice but to accept that that's going to happen. See? Yeah, like, thanks for the plot summary. Like, it is. (laughs) And I mean, that is like something Ikahara is notorious for is like basically like telling you the show and the opening, but not in a way that you can put together right away. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah. But now at the penultimate episode, we finally figured out that Ikuhara did the exact same thing that he's done every single other show. Aren't we smart? I hate that guy. <laughs> also, like that ending shot being like the whole two hand. I she has two hands. Me. She has two hands. Ikuhara predicted the this character has two hands meme. It. He, I mean, he also invented the T pose to assert dominance, and he's very. He was just ahead of his time. Ahead of the time. Truly, of the time. I mean, he had Sayuji T posing in '97. Mm-hmm. He did not really assert much dominance doing that. It didn't work very well. Anyway, we're back in World War One. There. Yeah, born. Oh, did, did did they actually put? Yes, they did. Did they actually write that? Did or was that like an edit? Hold on. Uh, no, fucking go back. <laughs> Born, born to eat. Born to eat. On the yes. helmet. I know it's beautiful. Wait, I remember the first time I saw that, I was dying. It's so so good. That is. I am trash man born to die. I have to. I have to admit something to everyone right now. What? Okay. So apparently there was an issue with the Funimation app on my TV, and I actually just rewatched episode 10 and not episode 11 so i haven't actually seen this uh, i was like I enjoy- I was, okay. enjoying the, the, ride. Thing was, the thing was is i was like this is familiar but also like i remembered that we watched other episodes before actually recording so like i just thought like oh i've already seen this whatever so i just watched it again and i swear i looked to make sure that it said episode 11 and it did it said episode 11 at the top of my screen but it was not this episode (laughs) funimation was also not ready to part with lulu i guess yeah i guess not but like yeah the born tea was that in other shots or is it only here Hmm? because i feel like i would have noticed this already if we'd seen it before Oh, uh, I mean, to... you may just not have noticed. Maybe, yeah, because it's it's pretty quick. But yeah, I I love that. I think it's the fact that we're like pausing things that yeah. gives you the ability to to notice. Thank God. So awesome. this was eleven years ago. So they're five years old, and she's like found this bear, and you're not going to die alone. That's also how I thought when I was a five year old. I mean, yeah, no, that's totally baby logic. Yeah, she's like she's like six, I think, because if I remember right, Kareha is. Oh, they're seventeen. Uh, yeah, they're just turning seventeen at the start of the story. 
Okay. Yep. Yeah. That well, looks about right. As a six-year-old, oh, my first thoughts when meeting someone were also, you will not die alone. She Aww. she can carry her. I will protect. Oh, my God. Koreha is carrying Ginkgo through the snow. Baby Utena got a little farther not. this time, at least. Aww. She's just going to die in the snow here. No. Kurum. Kumaria? Kumaria made the magic happen, and now they're not gonna die because she has a flower. Mm-hmm. This is such a great episode of uh, Yuki Kuba as a hero. God damn it, Alice, why? That even works. Okay, these tracks don't make sense. Yeah, they don't. What? Like, there's like the tr- like. Oh, okay. Hold up. If she's doing it to the side of it, I guess. Then you have but two that's yeah. okay. Yeah. That is the least though. physically efficient way to track her. No, but okay. yeah. I mean, also, Ginkgo is not known for being bright. They're though. six. Like, yeah, it's true. I, I kind. Of. They're six. We can what are forgive they pl- them what for is that stupid. that they're planting? I will never forgive any six-year-old for anything. Uh, they oh, that <laughs> what they were planting there? That was a lily bulb. Oh, was okay. an artichoke. Oh. Of course it's a little <laughs> Look, look. Yeah, lilies lilies are bulb flowers. That's right. I'm, yes, a, I'm an idiot. You forgot that? I did. It was a lizard egg. She No, it's the dragon egg from Game of Thrones. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> That's what I was also thinking of. Dragons it's a blooming onion. Li- <laughs> it's a blooming <laughs> onion. Okay, okay. Oh god, suddenly this Fucking is Australia and makes sense entirely. <laughs> okay. Oh, I want one of those from <laughs> When was the last time you had a blooming onion, Lana? I haven't had a blooming onion since I was like 13, 14, maybe. We go anyway, to New York and go to an Outback Steakhouse. I am not going to go to an Outback Steakhouse no. in New York City. We should, well, I was going to say we should make our own blooming onion, but I think you have to have like a special cutting thing to do that. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. I've looked it up because I've considered making Besides, it. It's not worth we're it. We're going to Ilal. Il Laboratorio del Gelato, and we're going to eat wasabi gelato. I am extremely down for that. Mm -hmm. You should check out their fucking flavorless panda. They have five different flavors. What is this place called? Il Laboratorio del Gelato. Okay. It's like right next to Katz's Deli, which we won't visit unless it's two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, because it's way too busy to go. Otherwise, you'll never get in. But, um, but yeah, no, they have five different flavors of fig gelato. It's crazy. Mm, you're gonna be in fig heaven. I, it's I'm not... no, I'm gonna be in rose petal heaven because they also definitely, have rose petal oh, flavored yeah. gelato. Oh yeah, holy shit. Okay, I'll, I'll investigate this later. I put a put a pin in that. <laughs> put a pin. We, we pin have to move forward thing. into the world of. The, we're moving. The we're moving. F- we're moving oh, forward no, this to Kuriyuma. Kuriyuma is... is the chestnut dancing boys' world. <laughs> <laughs> so the two little children who are in World War Two misery thing get rescued by her mother, who well, seems to be fine with this. themselves. Mostly, yeah. they mostly got there. They had they got stuck at the barrier. Yeah, Mom yeah. shows up. Mom is apparently a. Uh, the only good parent in Ikuhara's entire cinematic universe, as far as I can tell. Unless there's a plot twist coming up in episode 12 that we are all going to be very uncomfortable with. I mean, like, it, it makes sense because, like, we know, the one thing we know about Kureha's mom before she had Kureha is she made friends with, she made friends with a bear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is, like, the most, she's she's a good mom and a good person. Yes. And she's teaching her girl uh, queer history and, and, acceptance by having her hang out with this fucking bear 
<laughs> now you just made me think of like you know the gay bears and it's been a while since we brought up the like gay a, bears i know but this just as soon as you put it by queer history and all of that now i'm like thinking that's a really either that would be a really wholesome thing to do with your six-year-old or a really bad thing to do with your six-year-old yeah i'm not really sure but it depends I, on the bear i'm kind of thinking kureha's mom might have thrown the second brick at stonewall yeah uh, <laughs> as we all know toga kiryu threw the first <laughs> Toga Kiryu, lesbian ally. That's all great. <laughs> uh, oh man, you weren't kidding. There are several flavors of fig gelato. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, like there seemed like I feel like there's some sort of message about like queer acceptance. Yeah, and like how you don't learn these things if you don't if you don't see it. In an Ikuhara anime? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't see it, then you don't learn it. Yeah. Like, if you don't see it in action and see that it's healthy, then you don't learn that it's healthy, and you're relying on other people to tell you whether it is or not. So, yeah. Kareha is actually getting some healthy uh, parenting, healthy and and then, and boom, you're a traitor. Surprisingly, Ikuhara managed to write one adult that wasn't horrible. Kareha proving that she actually is... Uh, a much braver character than she initially appears in the show. Yeah. It has been the whole fucking time. Uh, bears are evil. And they need, so she's got this group of like people that are harassed or girls that are harassing her about having okay. a bear friend. I gotta know though, is there, cause it starts out with three and then somehow the crowd multiplies. I, okay. My is that interpretation an of thing? My interpretation of this is that when you're a kid and a bunch of like several people gang up on you, it can it feel feels like a like crowd. A bunch I, of people are ganging up on you. Yeah. I think it might actually be literal. Yeah. Because they're they're very literally standing there and clapping and you know, kind of yelling. And they're literally from where we know that fountain is, they're near the school and the environment surrounding it. I think they're literally calling out a mom. It's not impossible. I think yeah, they're literally they're literally calling someone to mob Kareha. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Like it it's consistent with how they've been behaving otherwise. So and now it's a crowd that looks kind of like a mosh pit because it's a party. Rejecting people is a party if you're evil. I'm just sitting here and my first thought is uh, someone needs to take some of the music from Devilman Crybaby and put it over the sequence. <laughs> oh god, you're right. It is it this whole episode is extremely devil like devil crybaby. Devil Cry Baby, yeah. Oh, I love yeah, Devil Cry Baby. Devil Cry Baby? We'll make it devil, to the title somehow. Devil Never Cry Baby. Whoa, Kareha just straight up got her shit kicked in. Yeah. Like, she's just dude. left there on the floor, like, dude. Traitor child. Yeah, they, they beat the crap out of Kareha, and Ginko's first thought is, it's my fault, I must be awful, I'm the reason she's being hurt. I mean, she's not wrong. I mean, I mean she's not well, no, right she, either. Yeah, she, she she's not wrong in that they, it's, they're beating them up her up because of Ginko. But, it, but she's, she's wrong, wrong about, like, they're beating, yeah. yeah, it's her, it's her fault, yeah. I mean, she's a kid. She's six. This is yeah, the no, advanced it, thinking process for a six-year-old. Okay, extremely so child logic. Let me just point out here that the only time we have never disagreed in any point with Ikuhara's logic is when it's 
six-year-olds that he's depicting. Yeah, and, 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 and when you're six. And, and, and when you're Akio, because you're basically six. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> Begin. My love is true. Growl, growl. Oh my god. Growl, growl. They're so cute. The bears They're so are cute. cute. All right. It's, distre- it's distressingly cute. It is. Well, I guess that's the point, but also. I don't know. Oh, we're in the severance court again. Fucking hell. Welcome to severance court. It's the heteronormativity court led by a bunch of dudes, which. Yep. You know what? Yeah, I guess so. Life sexy. Life cool. I don't like life cool. He looks life like a beauty. Dark. I, I can't believe I, mean, I brought my voice up for that. Why do I do, why do, I do these What things? he deserved. Life cool looks like a narc. He does look like he a He is a narc. God is dead and all we have left are these three these assholes. assholes. All we have left are these three men. Yeah, like... L- literally... Wait. I mean, you say that, but there are three of them. You know, men one killed of them is the obviously in charge. One of them is <gasps> obviously working on instinct. And one of them is obviously... I mean... Yo, did these three kill her? Is that like what we're getting at? The patriarchy murdered the one, the goddess. Are they the id, the ego, and the super ego? I mean, they are. There no. are three of them, and they are set like they are. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not they saying they are. that way. I guess it's a better interpretation than saying they're a trinity. So, Kumaria turned into a meteorite and scattered across the planet. I would very much like to turn into a meteorite and scatter across the planet. I think same. That sounds like fun. Uh, anyway, the Little Mermaid is actually the plot of this anime. Turns out, literally, and they <laughs> she's straight up's going to tell you. So, does someone want to summarize what's happening here in this court? I don't know. Can we tell what's happening? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. She's getting the she's getting the uh, the deal, which is she wants to be a human girl so that she can fit in in Kuro's world. And they're like, sure, we can make you a human girl, but you'll have to give up your love, quote-unquote, which essentially apparently means she's going to forget about you, and you can't tell her how you did it. You can't tell her what happened here. I'm actually sincerely disappointed that we lost poor unfortunate souls and got these three. (laughs) That's a downgrade. Fuck you. I'm not... I, because we got the weirdest scene of all time, which is life sexy perving on those poor girls in that the is, classroom. Okay, that is fair. We did, <laughs> we did, we did get that. I guess. Yeah, I, it is an incredibly uncomfortable joke, and it's still my favorite thing. I kind of love that the plot of this anime is literally just the Little Mermaid because is this a really convoluted take on the Little Mermaid? It is, but like, no, but I I like horror convoluted. <laughs> I actually really like it, though, because it's so far removed from The Little Mermaid that you don't just sit there going, oh, it's a Little Mermaid show. Yeah, Yeah, like, like, you get to the end, and it's a a retroactive thing, because you kind of sit there, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, all of the beats and characters have been here. We just didn't recognize it because it wasn't flagging itself aggressively until now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I like I do like that. I, hmm. I, I actually think that calling it out like specifically in the show like it'll be just like the little mermaid is a way better way of handling it than not doing that <laughs> this is a great leap forward no, for like Kuhara because he used to be like I've never seen Rose of Versailles and yeah. now he's like here it's a little mermaid reference you guys like this is some character well, growth like, for Kuhara confidence think about yeah. it if you hadn't if he hadn't called out the whole it's a little mermaid thing if he just left it without calling that out and 
and you thought of that later on, wouldn't you feel a little cheated? A little. Yeah. Yeah. You'd feel a little cheated because you'd be like, oh, well, so he was just retelling The Little Mermaid after all. Whereas if, since he calls it out in the show, he has the confidence to like yeah. own it. Like, hey guys, please don't miss that I was just going through The Little Mermaid the entire time. Yeah. And then you're like, damn, you were. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of it being something that you figure out later and feel cheated by because it feels like he cheated, yeah. him admitting it says... Yeah, this is me retelling The Little Mermaid, but I'm so confident in that I've added something to this conversation that mm -hmm. I can address that I did get story beats and such from it. So that's yeah. actually, I like that. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's really, it's honestly the only time that that kind of thing actually works. Because if you haven't added anything to the story and you do call it out, you're fucking, yeah. You're, yeah. you're bad at your I job. I would say that even having not finished the story, this is a very, uh, like, there's a, there's a lot added to yeah. it. Yeah. We, I know that because I'm still recording a fucking podcast about it. And if we were talking about uh, The Little Mermaid, I would probably just have ranted and raved and set it on fire for about an hour and left. Because I hate that fucking everything. I hate that movie so much. Except for Four Unfortunate Souls, which is... Ursula <laughs> rules. And Ursula's Not great. enough people are talking about it. Uh, I didn't, I I didn't have a great fondness... <laughs> For Ursula I, myself, I was because I was being facetious, Alice. <laughs> I have like maybe a uh, an unreasonable amount of love for part of that world because yeah. we just started when I used to work retail, like working logistics. We would just start singing about how depressed we were about our jobs, literally to that tune, because it's very easy to insert new words into. Yeah, yeah, that's and it's fair. not that hard to sing. That's fair. It's, it's, I, I like it. It's a cute song. It's a terrible movie, though. I stand by that. Anyway, uh, one quick note. I, I paused kind of on an overhead shot of Life uh, Sexy, and he's got all this paperwork, and the paperwork looks like it's in English. I just want to point yes. that out. Like, it's left to right paragraphs, and, and, I mean, it could be in Japanese, but it looks very much like it's in English from, like, yeah. the way it's yeah. being drawn. I'm kind of like, oh, God, I wonder, what is all that paperwork saying? <laughs> what kind of paper do you Ipsum. think he has to do? I'm like, I'm like, in, like, enhance, <laughs> enhance. I mean, yes, it probably does say Laura Ipsum. I Ikuhara went to Rapongi. Actually, you know what? Like, Even in universe, it probably says Laura Ipsum. I don't think that guy can read. Yeah. Um. So Kareha's has woken up, and her immediate first reaction to Ginko is to like, reject her without her memories. Fuck a bear, and she runs away. Yeah. Which I mean. So sad. That's very sad. It is. And now we're flashing back to something we've already seen, which is Kuriha's mother uh, sending Ginko back beyond the wall to keep her safe. Okay, so basically what's happening here, as far as I can tell, is, you know, mom here is big queer ally, sees her little baby ally. daughter. Like, she is, she's queer. But, like, she's being supportive. Okay. Okay, um, wait, 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 though. I think I think Ally is fine here because she never really had a thing for what's her face. No, I, I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. Go that far. I, 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 say I, I think it's like I, I think it's difficult to like describe Kareha's mother other than she's good. Yeah, because the yeah. thing is, like, we don't really know enough. First of all, about even it. the even the people who are obviously the homophobes in Yurikuma 
are not straight. Like, that's kind of a thing that's reinforced multiple times, is there is a level of hypocrisy to every level of the Invisible Storm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what people do in this world that is hateful is in part out of a sense of self-preservation. We we target you so we will not ourselves Yeah. There's a lot of projection. So, yeah. In the logic of this story, I think by being a character in it, she is probably, you can call her a queer character. Probably, but if you wanted to, you could definitely interpret her as straight because she is, as far as we know, the only one who has reproduced somehow. Actually, conception through Lady Kamaria. Valid. Yeah, that but like, I mean, so she might even be asexual. Gay people have kids. I yes, I mean, okay. I have I, mean, I have I mean, posited the idea that Kareha's mom had reproduced by budding because Kareha looks exactly like Reina. Wait, can we do it, that with like bone marrow now? I, I, yeah. I'm just sitting here, and my first thought, and I'm so sorry about this, is I've never seen a Medichlorian count this high. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. Okay. Okay. So. I said ally kind of, like, I shouldn't have said ally, but what I meant was she's being supportive of yes. the relationship between these two people. Yes, I get what you mean. Uh, I just, yeah. I uh, didn't, when I when I heard you say ally the yeah. first time, in this context, ally does tend to it imply that thing. she's straight. Yeah. 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 So. so that was a bad choice of words. But it but, happens. So we have this situation where she's kind of like, I understand that these two are going to be close and I'm okay with that. Yes. Whatever. Uh, Ginkgo is still totally vibing with this, but then, like, this is, like, the internalized homophobia, like, bur blows up inside of Kareha, and she rejects her, and her mom's, like, pushing Ginkgo away, like, look, come back later, she'll figure this shit out. She's just working on some shit. Like, that's what I'm getting from this, is that, like, the, like, if you were going to call this, like, a metaphor for anything, it would be the internalized homophobia that surfaces when you start actually thinking about life or other people that way. Yeah. And Kareha rejects it because murmur, murmur, murmur. like the get like the show has a context for it, but that seems to me like what the emotional arc here is, mm -hmm. is Kareha's kind of like, but I'm not gay. And then, you know, plot. I will, I will wait to comment on this further because this does is one of those things where we get more information next episode that contextualizes this. Excellent. But, I like uh, yeah, like, this is, in-universe, non-allegorically, what's happening is this is the continuation of when we know Ginkgo was first run out of town by the humans, and now right. we have the additional context that Kureha kind of was one of those people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then, did we have this fucking Catholic church at any point yes. previously? Yes. Or, In the episode okay. where we get Ginko's backstory, we see her be sort of taken in by this, like, bare Catholic church. Yeah, well, Bear Frollo over here in Notre Dame is now like you and. You know how hard I've been trying to come up with an with a joke for this, and I can't, and it sucks. <laughs> I mean, I think the problem is we don't get enough of Bear Frollo to know whether Bear Frollo has lust in his heart for any of our characters. I that's <laughs> not the vibe I get from this Bear Frollo. I mean that. Yeah, I mean, I that was easy because literally every character on this show is incredibly horny. So by law of averages, probably. <laughs> by law of averages. <laughs> All right. Okay. Am I gonna have to the name this episode "Horny Law of Averages"? <laughs> in a Bayesian sense, definitely. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. I absolutely agree. 
So, oh. and the only one he knows is Ginko. So clearly Bear Girl yeah. is lusting for Ginko, which is why he kicks her out. I think this is he can't be a cub of Kumari Asama. Okay, you know what? Okay, there's a, a translation thing going on here that I'm not sure I understand. Funimation and translated I, this as Lone Wolf Spain, which that actually kind of works. So this this line was you refuse to give up your love for a daughter of man, and like I don't know. There's okay, no. I assume that's like a daughter of humans. Yeah, like a man yeah. is in the Adam and Eve sense. I, like yeah, yeah. I think I, assume. I think that might actually be a, uh, a. I'll have to re-listen to this audio, but I think that might actually be a flourish on the translator's part there. Okay. Because if I remember right, she just says you would you would give this up for a human. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because, like, if that were a very specific choice of wording, it would in- indicate things that I would go yeah. off on a tangent about. But if it, it, I think it probably is a translation flourish. Yeah. Although it's a good one. Like, it's it's evocative, and I feel like it fits the mood for, like, what they're... It's very Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. 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 So, begone sinner who betrays her mother. Kumaria. Kumaria. Who we've established is fucking dead. Like, well, I mean, she's dead a couple of times over it, did, because we're going to find out cause... that Surimi or whatever. Yeah, that other name. bitch. Sumika. Yeah. Sumika. Yeah. She right. like shattered as a, a meteor and shattered and spread her gayness all over the earth or whatever she did. That doesn't mean she's dead. Wait, you know what? It sounds kind of like some Greek god thing, like the it, only... like lesbian spooge that birthed all of the bears on earth. I, I, I do think that... um. <laughs> I do think it's probably, like, noteworthy Ikuhara dipping his toes into religious commentary here and the idea that, like, God literally died a long time ago and the only people who are left with any power are people who are ostensibly in doing God's will but are, in fact, interpreting and building systems that suit themselves and kind of coming up with their own interpretations. Yep. All right, so... Wait, why did we start talking about Dustbug Zarathustra? (laughs) (laughs) What is Surimi? I called her Surimi, and it it turns out that that's Crabstick. <laughs> that's now her name. So you were oh, right, yeah, and that's no her name. Crazy. That is her actual name. Why wow. would you say this? Get- okay, look, look. The only reason I ever heard the, the word Surimi is because you make her, uh, you can make human Surimi in RimWorld, and that's what I. You was know, thinking I feel like of. this is appropriate because Sumika's fake as shit. <laughs> womp womp like Surimi that's her name now <laughs> I on. am falling through hell and uh, these are all my friends who are falling with me so about these bears so about these bears and their gay adventure <laughs> alright so Ginko basically waits for years 11 years she camps the fucking thing literally oh my god yeah. literally mm-hmm. she's a camping yeah. yeah, you know what? I actually believe that. I can totally see Ginko being like just this the filthiest camper. She, camp, she camps the spawn point. She's just miserable. I mean, but you remember though, sometimes camping the spawn points is good. Because... It's always good. It's how you. I love her little cloak. Okay, she's she's wearing a little cloak and she's built a little shelter for herself. I know it's cute. It's so cute. And then like the seasons back pass. when we lived right near the legislature building, the reason that Jay and I moved in there was. Um, because you got to camp cops at the spawn point. It's true. Up <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, and there's uh, Lulu showing up, and symbolized by honeypots. And then a phone call. Yep. So we've got a phone call for Ginko. This okay. is in the present day. 
No, 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 it's not. I'm this sorry. Is slight, no. This is slightly, this is slightly before. Also, this is right at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Calling yeah. Lulu a honeypot is just like really. I I just. Mm. No, no, it's it's her. I I, I just know. now realize that that means a thing. I don't yeah. think that's an intentional thing in the show. I doubt no, that no, that was no, intentional. No. It wasn't. It wasn't. But calling Lulu a honeypot makes me feel bad about Lulu, and I don't like it. Mm. Well, and I also like, don't think it's accurate. No, it's it's not. It's, not. it's not. But yeah, I mean, Lulu. Lulu had CIA backing. Lulu was there to to fuck this up in the first place. <laughs> no. Oh my god. Okay, so what's happening? Like, so the uh, Lulu and Ginkgo are, are stepping forward into the human world at the start of the series. We have now caught up to the day present day, present time. Ha 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 ha. In the very beginning, we loved and lo- loathed you. And that's why they came here. And like, oh look, there's Sumika, Surimi. Whatever. <laughs> there's crab, yeah. crab stick. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get the uh, repeat of the line about the delicious smell and now contextually we know what was really going on there they were never talking about well, the hub yeah because of the first scene of this this is all flashing back so we can basically just imagine all of this is flashed through ginkgo's head and we already know from the broken honey pot that lulu is not going to make it yep wow there's not a lot of girls in this class right now Yes. Let's search sacrifice. That's what happens when you exclude people. The storm has taken casualties, apparently. Yep. Which I like because it kind of implies a level of the, uh, there's a level of self-destructive behavior that they're engaging in by doing Oh, definitely. This. And I they honestly, get more hardcore as the community of them shrinks. I honestly, like, yep. Alice, you said the storm is taking casualties, and I just flashed back to Pacific Rim. It's like that, that one <laughs> line about you can you can fight the hurricane like you know that would that, that shot would that shot of this Kareha was pr- improving oh anyway uh ginkgo's hey, being yes. haunted by her uh her new stand yurizono <laughs> oh yeah she's being haunted. I-, I actually like how like they just let the camera shot tri- okay we're getting, so, okay we're no, getting no, no, no. incredibly close to my rant happening okay i actually really like intentions. this sequence because she's being haunted by this girl and she keeps with like like they switch between being a human and a bear, but it's always a camera switch and never a transition that you see happen on screen. Even though this is fucking anime, and you could easily do that, yeah, to some extent, but you chose not to because that's like a horror film trope. Like that's yeah a thing that you would have done in a horror movie to save money. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like. I don't know, like, I'm enjoying watching it cool. more from the point of view of, like, him making horror film references. Yeah. Like, that shot of Kareha, like, tied up and the way it pans up slowly mm-hmm. is a thousand percent in, like, every fucking giallo yeah. fetishistic Do you think that might have been why some of this didn't click with you to begin with, is that you just didn't necessarily yeah. get what it was going for? It, yeah. Absolutely. That 100%. was a huge reason it didn't click with us. And it might not have clicked anyway, because to be honest, most of my exposure to horror films is in the last, like, three or four years. Yeah. So I wouldn't have I had the film language. That. I wouldn't say that, but a lot of the horror films that we were watching previous to this were not the classic horror yeah. films that this is Drawing referencing. From. Yeah. We were watching, like, indie horror, K-horror, J-horror. Yeah. Those were the things that we were watching, and those are not generally the things that this is referencing. No, no. this is mostly uh, like Kubrick stuff and a lot of Giallo yeah. stuff. Yeah. 
it's so, um it's very psychological and a little bit of grindhouse. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Which now that I know a bit more of that, I I engage with this a lot more easily, but I still stand by that if Ikuhara was trying to make this accessible, he failed. If you need that context to enjoy the show. I don't think that Ikuhara has ever set out sure. to make something accessible. No. Absolutely not. No. But I mean, it narrows the Actually, scope wait. down quite a lot, no. so I'm not surprised this didn't do as well. Wait a second, because Ikuhara... Okay, and this is something that you complained about in Sarazan Mai, but if you take it within the perspective of Ikuhara referencing specific bodies of work, mm -hmm. then with Sarazan Mai, that was his attempt to make it accessible, was, okay, well, I'll use the references that everyone Everybody else know. knows. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, and that's true, and because... like that, Vana. Sarazan uh, yeah, is his most accessible work to date, yeah. which is very yes. funny in context of the everything of about Sarazan Yeah, <laughs> yes. the butt anime. The being... frog butthole anime is the most accessible like, one. Like, just imagine how far our heads are up our asses at this point in our lives that we're like... Yeah, Ikuhara's most accessible anime is the one about the the, the, the frog bug. The frog okay, bubble. but it's true. <laughs> but it is true. <laughs> and we're totally I'm, I'm gonna push back on that because um I disagree. Oh. Mm -hmm. In its time, I think Utna would have been on some level as accessible. I it's would argue we're going yes. back to it now because shoujo, shoujo manga, shoujo anime doesn't look like Utna anymore. No. And yeah. it never will again. It's true. But, but in the yeah. time period it was made, Utna was... You may not understand everything Utna's doing, but, like, if you've read shoujo magazines and you've seen, like, that style of manga before, mm -hmm. if you've watched A Sailor Moon, mm -hmm. you understand some of the language that Utna is visually referencing. Yeah. And I think with Utna, like, most of the things that we think of as making it not accessible now aren't things about how... Utna was made it's more like things that haven't aged well but were absolutely normal for just how anime was made at the time mm -hmm. like repeated yeah. sequences and it being longer mm -hmm. so you had some like filler episodes I won't disagree with that yeah that's really you I know, think what we think of when we say oh it's a little tricky for new people to watch I now. didn't even consider Utna in the question of accessibility because honestly it doesn't matter anymore Utina is what it is, and I don't think that an effort was specifically made to make it accessible or not. No. I think it was more along the lines of, this might be my only shot, so I'm going to put everything I got into it kind of thing. That almost became a Hamilton reference. I know. <laughs> but I avoided We were on the precipice. That was... I definitely was avoided so the Hamilton reference. That was, so that was right up at the severance barrier. You almost but, did it. <laughs> but no, like, I really think that Utna... That the attitude around making Utna was that this might be the only chance Ikuhara ever had. And so, so that kind of overrides any questions of accessibility to me with okay, what is most important to get into this thing that might be the only thing I ever have a chance to make? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then now everything, every single thing after that has been, okay, we're going to focus on this thing, and then we're going to focus on this other thing, and then we're going to focus on this other thing, because now he knows that he is going to have other chances. Yeah. But Utina He's going to get away with time. it. He knows it now. Yeah. But Utina was the one time he knew... <laughs> Well, he didn't know. He was like, if I make this thing, I might not make anything ever again. Yeah. 
So I better do all the things I want to do. So that kind of sets it up as kind of outside the question of accessibility for me, because that kind of almost wasn't a consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this point, I think he kind of makes anime with the sense of like, oh, they're going to let me do it again anyway. So yeah, I'm going to do whatever I want. I kind of feel like that's, there's two ways to look at that, which is like, he's, he's making it inaccessible. You're looking at it from an audience side and I'm looking at it from a creator side. Kind of yeah, thing. and I, I do think that, so. like, also, because, like, I came to Yurikuma at a weird time in my life. I am a horror buff now in my literally just turned 30, mm-hmm. so. but when I first saw this show, I don't even think I was, like, 25. I was, when did this come out? This was 2015, I think. Yeah, I would have not even been 25 when I saw this. Mm. So... I watched this show with a very different set of tastes, mm-hmm. a very different set of contexts, and it was weird for me the first time, and then I, but it made me want to go back and do it again, mm-hmm. and I did, and it's kind of stuck with me, so I think a lot of the appeal of, I, I've already given my whole spiel about, like, Yurikuma is always better the second time, but I think that it's not so much that Yurikuma relies on you knowing the language of these older film styles to understand it because Mm -hmm. i think it teaches you its own language as it goes yeah i think Mm -hmm. it does and i think it is trying to explain the references it makes in a way that like reads whether you get that reference or not you will never see the bird the like overlaid birds at any point in yurikuma in like the late episodes and Mm -hmm. not feel a sense of this is implying that this environment is bad and also yeah it kills people. Which is a Hitchcock reference. I just realized that's Hitch- reference yeah. to Hitchcock's, yeah. Hitchcock's The Birds. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's either Birds or uh, Psycho, because in Psycho, there's all the stuffed birds in the Yeah, hotel. oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, because Marion Crane is staying there. Mm-hmm. There are birds who are dead in the place where Marion Crane, Crane is staying. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah, oh my yeah. lord. But, to be honest, I think most of what I have watched, I'm probably the best, me and Panda are probably the best test subjects for whether Yuri Kuma manages to explain its own language well enough because Vanna's watched all of that horror. I skipped out on it because I have the attention span of a gnat. So yep. I've seen a medium amount of horror. I've seen a lot of horror. None of it is like I haven't watched Suspiria. Wait, I, yeah, I mean like the... I watched a million years ago. Archetypal I've, horror. I've read The Shining, but I've never watched The Shining. Like I've not seen the big classics that this is uh, referencing, or I've not seen them in any capacity where I'd be able to remember any mm-hmm. of the references beyond hey. That is the cool shining shape that people put on on a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, I remember seeing that, the style of house, because I went to Universal Studios and they had the Psycho house there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so... And I'm, I'm like, not probably the biggest horror buff in this this group. So... But here's kind of, like, the, the feeling I've been getting, trying to piece together how the references are used in this show. And there's two categories. I feel like Ikuhara makes the most explicit, like, visual references with old um, American-style uh, horror films, like the Kubrick and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where a lot of the visual references are. Yeah. But the tone and, like, cinematography, so to speak, 
is much more like giallo kind of stuff yeah so i feel like he's drawing a lot of inspiration from like both ends of that but he's utilizing them differently because the giallo is where you get a lot of these like weird you know fetishistic pans on characters Mm -hmm. and things like that and like the oppressive tone but like bright colors and all of those sorts Mm -hmm. of things so i think he kind of knows that that's the more fringe piece of media uh pieces of media he's drawing from so he doesn't make those as the explicit references but he'll absolutely make an explicit reference to kubrick because he feels like that's probably the thing someone's going to recognize sooner Mm -hmm. or whatever being that he narrowed it down to horror it actually works better than it did in sarah's and my where like he was spewing American not really a thematic like cohesion to the references no. that are you know what he no, was just no, spewing no, that no, no, shit no, out no, like no, an no, eager no, toddler no, no i i disagree oh there was definitely a thematic cohesion between those things because they were all big 80s hollywood blockbusters all of the stuff that he referenced okay. was because he was referencing terminator he was referencing godfather movies he was like godfather 3 was 1924 yeah so like yeah but that period like he was yeah. referencing only things from that period it wasn't yeah. only there were there were things that were referenced in sarah zamai that weren't specifically yeah. that the overwhelming majority like yet i don't know like i maybe it's me but i i think like 90 percent of the references i caught in sarah zamai weren't even to american cinema they were to superhero shows from japan well yeah and i caught there's yeah. a which, which are themselves highly referential there's a reference yeah. to osamatsu-san in one of uh yeah sarah's yeah. little but like broadcast if you were talking about the thematic contributions of american cinema in there there's definitely a through line i just can't figure out exactly how to put it like <laughs> because between term like the all of the american references he makes though are like they're all the Hollywood blockbusters of the day. They're all these really big, bombastic kind of movies. He took the top 10 film. He took the like AFA, AFI top 100 films yeah. of all time. Yeah, that's Narrowed it down to like the to, like, action 80s and early 90s and just took like the top 10 the, from that list. And, and there's and a few action-y too. Yeah. Because like, it's not, there isn't any kind of, at least if there was i didn't notice it there wasn't any kind of reference to anything that was more intellectual or more contemplative or anything like that it was bombastic films it was it films insane. yeah yeah well, you're almost exclusively like speaks the language of adventure stories because that's yeah. kind of what it's okay that's what I'm intensely hot take coming at you uh it's it's because of the gender divide in these two shows that is this actually is, makes a lot of sense. This is this is I would say I can I think I can safely say is very much a a female show mm-hmm. and uses uh, a uh. film language that involved a lot of women, not in a good way at times, but you know whatever. Whereas Sarah Zenmai is a bunch of boys. What do a bunch of 14-year-old boys watch? They're not watching Giallo. They're watching fucking E.T. and Terminator. But horror has consistently been at the forefront of having strong female leads. And queer shit. Strong female characters. Queer female leads. Queer leads. Like, 
horror has always been about the minorities. Yeah. It's always yeah, been... Horror is your... the liminal space of, of cinema because you exactly. can do things yep. in horror you can never get away with in other genres. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. It'll, and, 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 and sometimes it's always the, the straight white dude that's the villain yeah, that's in true. horror. Life sexy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so if, if you want to speak to women, you have to use the language of yeah. horror. And Whereas if you want to speak to men, you have to use the language of adventure. That makes sense to the, me. The, the, the references Sarah Zanmai makes are all the movies a teenage boy is likely to have seen. Yeah. Or or would recognize. Except yeah. Godfather Part 3, because that's when you turn 17 and you think you're really smart. So you like Well, Ikuni did part that three. for him. He didn't do that for anybody else. He did he that. Said, I like this movie, and I'm gonna do this for me and Giovanna Spadaro. That's right. <laughs> I have. I was added by Ikuni. This one's a cheeky treat for myself. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's yeah. I don't know why the fuck he did that. Yeah. That was just fucking wild. <laughs> but like, but yeah. So okay, bro. because anyway. my raccoon said so. So there. Yeah. Yeah. There but yeah, go. like that's how I feel. Like the difference. I can't is, believe is you forgot better. about the raccoon because we've argued about it on this very show. <laughs> Multiple I times. Always okay. I always maintained the, the raccoon was real. The raccoon is a thing I block out repeatedly in my life. <laughs> Every few years it resurfaces and I have by then I've forgotten because I have been for years trying to write that out of my reality and it just <laughs> won't work. Why would you want to though? <laughs> That's amazing. That's exactly the kind of shit that I okay. would pull. You know what, though? Because part of me is actually kind of disappointed that the raccoon is real. Because you wanted it also it to be a figment of his imagination. Yeah, because it also would have totally tracked the raccoon for Ikuhara to be to his talk. otter. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, exactly. For him to be constantly talking about this raccoon that isn't in the fucking room, and the anime interviewer is like, I don't know why he's talking about a raccoon, but he's saying it, so I'll write it <laughs> Like, I, I actually kind of would have liked that, because that's just an even bigger troll okay, but than the if raccoon, the raccoon is actually there but and the shitting on But the raccoon was things. in the room, and Ikuhara was still saying he talked to the raccoon about story and I know, decisions. I know, but, but... And got feedback. You know, Ikuhara is an actual Disney princess. There's an episode title. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna click play. Yeah, just, probably a good idea. Is, yeah, yeah. Ginko, who has been injured, is listening to her uh, id try to convince her to go chomp up something delicious smell. Gory, grind, grind, and now her eyes are red. Gory, 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 gory. Anyway, she's dead. No. So, so Ginko is just going to there. That's a lot of wholesale a lot slaughter. Of a bunch of people. Yeah, Ginko just fucking plowing uh, through. I, Ginko hits the point of, "Aren't you tired of being nice? Don't you just want to go apeshit?" And goes, "You know what? Actually, I do." And murks three different people who were trying to shoot her. Her, her it is. Uh, yeah. So really, yep. Funny. We once again we reach a. Uh, Ginko ha is tired of being nice and decides to just go ape shit. That shot is a reference to. Yep. I'm trying to remember to what, but I can't remember. Okay, but the girls deserve it. They do. Yeah, they do. Oh, no, fuck all these girls. Yeah, 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 so Ginko, that's one, two, two three. three. So she's t killed four people. Four? At least you know four what? people I are down. And that's an Evangelion There's reference. There's a Terminator reference. Oh, yeah, that is. Yep. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. Terminator right. was a horror movie. Yep. 
So I do like That's the common ground between this and Sarah's on my, they make yeah. the Terminator reference in Sarah's on my. Hey, okay. Anyway. Yep. I do like the fact that like, we could have just cut to Ginkgo taking those guys out because mm-hmm. we know that she's got Yurizono in her head. Ikuhara is very, very deliberate in showing her dashing in only after she's been provoked because they're shooting at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, she's, it, it's just, totally. he's just repeating something that happened earlier in the show where, like, early in the show, Ginko kind of has a horror villain vibe for a couple of episodes. And then mm-hmm. by, like, episode four, it's like, oh, you're, you're literally, Ginko, you're a wife guy. You're trying to protect Korea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <sighs> yeah. The last time, when we were watching through on our own, Vana cut back. When when the show cut back to um, seeing that cyborg bear powering the laser, she was like, this is actually the most horrifying thing in this show. It is. I stand by that. Yeah, the darkest yeah. thing in this show is that poor fucking bear. Like, yeah. that's dark. That's some body horror. That's some straight up Cronenberg Wait, which, which nonsense. Part? Which part? Um, back it up the, so the, that Alice can see. That! Like, that's awful! It, Oh. <laughs> it's, that's that's, it's the that's the best joke of the whole thing. It's terrible. That's well, so funny. Yeah, when he remembers so the bears are literally okay. you know, people. Like they, they just cannibalize someone's corpse and turned her into a weapon. Yeah, like that's dark. That's she doesn't even have the prestige of getting to be the weapon. She's just the power source of Yeah. It. I mean, okay, I will say it is depressing that it would be depressing to, like, be as become a, par- a zombie machine and you don't even get to be the weapon. That is pretty depressing. Yeah, She's the Matrix. She's like, she's like in the Matrix. She's just power source. But she she's has to run. Like, not only is she a fucking like, battery, but she's on a fucking wheel. treadmill. Treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, producing mega bear energy. This is sad. This is terrible. As far as I'm concerned, if you do this, uh, the bears the deserve to just murder you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, just, yeah. I mean, yeah. No. Also, I love that the death rays. I didn't notice this before, but the death rays little um, turret is shaped like an open lily. Yep. Yeah. Yes, I love it. I saw that before, and I was like, "That's excellent. Everything should be pretty." Even oh, down. and our yes. new major antagonist, this girl, is taunting Kureha and going like. How did you tame, so how did you tame that bear? Did you give her a little kiss? Yeah. And then there's also the bit where, like, only a, only a beast is so easily lured by bait. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. Bitch, you just haven't been given the right bait yet, that's all. Yeah, bold, bold take for the humans to have here. Yeah. Yep. Look what we found while we were ransacking your house. Like We, we stole your childhood picture book uh, because it's bear propaganda. Anyway, I'm going to rip it up in front of you. Fuck you. Yeah, this is, um, no one who has destroyed a book has ever been on the right side of the story. Yeah. This no. is true. So I do love Wait a here... second, though. Wait a second, though. Because cause that's a philosophical question I've never been able to answer for myself completely because books like The Turner Diaries exist. I don't know if anybody else knows what that is. Yeah! So you, you don't my position on those is you don't need to destroy them. You just lock them in a room with a bunch of signs around them that says, hey, just so you know, this is Nazi shit and it is hazardous waste. 
I'd research actually, purposes like, only. I'd a copy of them just to see what kind of brains, like, what kind of mush they're filling their heads I, I with. Have, I have my take on this. Mm-hmm. And my take is this. If you must destroy the book to hold up your end of the argument, you're on the wrong side of history. Regardless you, of the book. Yeah, if you're a Nazis okay. and you have to burn all of these books because if they read them, they won't agree to be Nazis, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. If you are on the side of history that should be getting advanced, something like the Turner Diaries can continue to exist. and Because you can just point at it and go, this that's is dumb. shitty. Your your culture and your approach to the world should be sufficiently able to shake that book off without needing to destroy it. And that's yet, my take. And yet our culture clearly is not. Because it's a failed culture and I actually think most humans just don't deserve to be here. Okay, that's fair. I mean, like, there are alternatives other than destroying it to getting rid of it. Like, you, you yeah. could literally, yeah. like... I just like I just wanted to raise the question because absolutism never sits right with me. Like okay, no, even the absolutism. When when you said our culture doesn't work, I I agree because it's undereducated. Yeah, a sufficiently educated populace can look at the Turner Diaries, read it, consume it, contextualize it, and be like, "This is fucking stupid." Which is the whole reason we live in a world that was built in part by people who created the Turner Diaries, and thus. That's exactly. why we have such a hard problem with it. Is it's not like an alien culture penetrating our own. Yeah, it's that we can within. analyze. It's it's attacking from within, which mm-hmm. is very much kind of in tune with like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I maintain that the Turner Diaries can still exist in a society okay. that can contextualize it safely. It's just that you have to make that society happen. Yeah, which my is whole point is with this That's was hard. basically just to find out where you all stand on the whole destroying books thing and why because i don't like it when people just parrot lines without understanding uh so. there's no purpose in yeah whole, wholly destroying books because uh quite frankly there are more if you really need to prescribe something as a societal behavior and as a societal ideal mm-hmm. there are more effective ways to doing it than just burning it yeah, mm-hmm. because if you do that, it's like it's kind of like trying to get rid of a disease without immun without the tools to immunize people. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't and also adequately respond to ideas of white supremacists if you cannot. If you can't actually face their pro- like their their yeah, beliefs, you, you, that if you can't you get to get, read them you, and yeah. understand them, then you can't actually disprove them. But much like immunization, like, you don't give someone the whole virus to... No, you give them no. a part of it. Yeah, so you don't... I think You don't just like feed that them Turner Diaries and then... Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think that, like, there's a reason to, like, confiscate and burn them. Like, this is Fahrenheit 451 and we're all fine. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. like, the other thing that I feel like I, I should point out there is when you talk about, like, burning a book because it's such a, a, a bad thing, mm-hmm. that was just the Streisand effect before we had a name for that. Yeah. Like... Never in history has it actually worked to go, this one specific book is going to get set on fire. No, We're going to set on fire all of the 120 days of Sodom so no one will see it. Congratulations, you have now made that the number one book in all of France. Like Like, I said, the reason I was drawing attention is because I've heard that kind of thing parroted without any understanding way too often. But I should... I like to pick at it. And then that I meant that also more specifically in a storytelling context. Yeah. That's true. If you in see someone destroying context, a book in the in a story, yeah. usually that means that that person is shit. 
Yeah. Most yeah. of yeah. the time, that's not the thing that the hero is I going to do. I think we all, like, I think the reason that that's shorthand and it works so well for I'm a villain is because we all really do understand mm -hmm. that destroying knowledge of any kind is a bad thing. Yeah. And in this case, it's literally like the picture book her mother made. Like, mm -hmm. so not only are you destroying like book, like books and knowledge as a concept, mm -hmm. but you're tearing apart her memory of her mother, yeah. all the positive uh, influences her mother gave her. Mm -hmm. You're denouncing all of that. Like it's, you know. I mean, she literally says, I'm destroying your future because that book yeah. is a roadmap to a happy ending. Yeah. And you could kind of interpret this as like, this is if we're gonna if we're gonna go with like the full allegory reading here, this is the way that the conservative social order responds to ways mm -hmm. of telling younger people, especially, that it's okay to be queer. Yeah, it's like we're just gonna know. It's not a we, thing. We suppress your future. We we do we deny you the ability to know it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you if you 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 think in language that you've been taught, if you don't get to think in that language, you don't find out until you're like 30 and watching a weird anime from the 90s that you were gay because nobody actually taught you that language in a way mm. that you could understand it before then so I, I i do but yeah tearing up the book is like such yeah and then it scatters across the world kind of like the shards of kumari-sama yup Yup. Oh, I'm sure that doesn't mean anything. God, I love that matched cut from, like, immediately from Ginko's eyes to, like, an explosion in the background. That wasn't Ginko. Yep. Oh, that that wasn't Ginko. Ginko's oh, you're right, that wasn't, because the eyes were white. Yep. That is, yeah, that's, that's set up yeah. for later. That's, yeah. Uh, I forgot. Oh yeah. my god, I'm so dumb. Yeah. Alright, we are now edging right up uh, on this rant that I have to have. Okay. Hit it. Hit the uh, thing. No, because it's not. It's not quite. Life. We got to get through this sequence. The stairwell. This is like, yep. yeah, the ascending the staircase thing. But having like this bitch haunt you every step of the way is pretty. Yeah, local bear too angry to give up on love. Yep. <laughs> also, yep. animation quality climbing dramatically with face and expressive shots. Yep. Which yep. I like to see. Although with Igohar, that is a red flag of its own. Mm -hmm. Wow, this face is awfully detailed in it. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, 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 here she come. Mm -hmm. Yep, and she's been pulled back to the sexy bed. Mm -hmm. So Yurizono is deliberately trying to kind of keep Ginko yeah. from... Ginko wants to actually, like, express her love fully to Kureha, and she's like, no, you're... I want you to, like, you know, just get lost in your lust and desire to physically possess her. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Ginko's like, you know, that would have really worked on me if I were the villain from a couple episodes ago, but fuck you, I'm the hero. And she just <laughs> literally walks yeah. away. Mm -hmm. All right. Can, so. can you love somebody without consuming them? Here's the thing. <laughs> This setting up of love and desire as against each other is something that happens in literally every Ikuhara anime. Yeah, yeah he's got a This is problem. the basis of the My Love is Pure sequence from Utena. You know, the one uh -huh. where Utena confronts Juri. My Love is like, like but that God, Juri, differently. My love is pure or my love is genuine, de depending on how it's there translated is a or whatever. Being made. There is a distinction being made there. And it happens in Sarazanmai with the cops. 
Yokubo Sakushu, I think, is yeah. what they say. But it's the same word that she's using, Yokubo. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, there's, yeah Yokubo there's... is uh, desire. It can also mean greed. Yeah. Yeah. So Like, consumptive. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And this is something I think Lost. that a lot of Utena fans kind of end up forgetting, is that Utena and Anthe's love is not a greedy one. It's not. Yeah. It's do you not actually a want to love. love this person, or do you want to possess them? Those yeah. aren't the same thing. And we've gotten in many, many arguments about that, and it seems really clear throughout Ikuhara's body of work that this idea of love as greed and love as greedless are that's something he's really fixated on and keeps trying to send that message over and over and over that love as greed is not okay and is not good for people. Are you saying the greed is not good? Greed is not good. Gordon Gecko was wrong. <laughs> Gordon Gecko's a piece of garbage and he's also the villain of that movie. Fuck that exactly. guy. Exactly. But, you know, people are stupid because <laughs> they just are and don't get that. But, like, that's the thing about this is, like, this is a repeated theme throughout, I think, every single one of his anime is that there's a difference between love that's greedy and love that wants to possess mm -hmm. and love that just wants to exist and be there no matter what form it takes. And one is clearly in the rankings of human emotion much higher than the other but it's so, a good question though have you uh have which of you all have read a wrinkle in time me me I have not. okay you all will uh know exactly what i mean when i say me, ant beast. wait you say what ant beast yes yes, the ant beast yes. Is amazing. yeah the character of ant beast the whole idea of this is a running into a species who do not experience the same emotions as humans or at least do not profess to but do profess to understanding love because love is not a feeling, it is an action. Yeah. There, there is kind of an yeah. idea in Ikuhara that's with this pure love thing that I think is similar to that, is the idea mm -hmm. of love is not simply feeling something about someone or feeling, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can't just desire someone and desire the feelings they give you you also have to be willing to on some level give that up and not just give that up but give of yourself as well mm -hmm. you have to be mm -hmm. willing to give more of you than you are comfortable with in some ways yeah yeah it's... and that's like that's really important through all of his all of his works is that idea that you have to be able to give of yourself enough that you can withstand separation from your loved one yeah because like that guy's a thing he likes to do yeah separate i mean that's the whole that's the end of utana right there yeah. anthe and utana are separated they're not together they may never find each other mm -hmm. does that make their love any less no well i mean it's fucking dead but well maybe she is maybe she isn't we don't know Anthe doesn't seem to think she is, or yeah, if Anthe she does, yeah, Anthe yeah. seems to think she can find her again, and that's yeah. kind of the important part of the end of it. Yeah, I, I think that's like, like, with, like, a lot of Ikuhara's work, you know, there's all of these characters that say, I love you, you know, and in this, uh, several characters have, have said things like that, like, I love you, and then I think it's what Ikuhara battles with is, like, the question of, okay, but what do you mean by that? Because yeah. you can say I love you and mean it, and still be thinking of a very different 
thing than somebody else. Uh, I think Akio means it when he says he loves Anthe. But are we in a good place there? Fucking no. It turns no. out that that's not the whole story. Yeah. It's, you know, when you say you love someone, is it you want to possess them? You want to consume them? You want to control them? Do you want to help them thrive? Do you want to help them thrive at cost to you? Is that still love? Mm -hmm. Or is that something else? Like, I think that's like the kind of thing he battles with a lot there. And that's what like the sequence is, is like, Ginko battling with herself. What yeah. is it that I actually mean by saying I love you? And here's, this is the super hot take part of this rant. That's why I get pissed off when people insist that Utena and Anthe are lesbian. Because that's inherently bringing greed into it when I think that there was a um, specific effort made to keep that out of it and have it be something separate aside from and apart from a love that is greedy in some way. I don't, I don't know no, no, that no, no, I no, no, can no, no, agree no, no, with no, no, that no. take. No, 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 no. Insist that they must be is the active word there. I, I still don't know that I can agree with that take because... I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying if I, I, I understand that. I'm, I'm saying that on some level, I, I... This mm. is part of... And part of this is, like, also, like, I think if you bring that into a room, there is a level at which I could probably never fully interface with that take because everyone who experiences Udina has very personal experiences of the characters. Mm -hmm. And so to an extent, when you say, like, insisting that they have to be, that this is the canon interpretation... To some extent, all all of us yeah. will like have very strong feelings about what mm. ought to be there, and so for me, like when I look at that, and I the thing I object to there specifically is not the idea that there's a reading of Utna that could just see Utna and uh, Anthe as having a love that is platonic, that's still a meaningful story, because mm -hmm. like I'm sure that's actually very possible. Uh, and in fact, if I remember reading one of y'all's Twitter threads, that was a lot of the experience the early fandom had, was yep, interpreting yep. the story that way. Mm -hmm. But for me, with my own experiences and coming in, the bit that I have to object to is the idea of insisting that the two of them have a lesbian relationship would imply some kind of greed. Because uh, uh, that is where that kind of hits for me, is like... Is I'm, not sure that you're even, I'm not sure even, you're even reading... The, the the original take the right way, Cass. That's fair. That's Basically, fair. I might like, I might be I might be misunderstanding there, and that I they must be at the expense of every other interpretation that there is, because that's something that we do run into a lot in the fandom. Is okay. How about framing it this way? Mm -hmm. Give me. Oh, let me try this. Um, you are objecting to reading Utena and Anthe as having a specific goal in mind for their relationship that's, that's fair where, yeah that's, that's a lot more i can i can understand yeah, yeah. that a it's lot not better breed, i was it's putting that it you've projected an ending yes and that's i think what we're what she's objecting to not necessarily like it's not a greed thing it's that why are you insisting that this must extrapolate to this when he there has are not given you number, enough to extrapolate anything from. There are any number of other endings that they could be going for. There are any other number of ways of interpreting their oh, love. That's fair. There are any other number, like... No, that, now, now that you say it that way, that makes a lot more sense to me, and yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, narrow I feel like that's down kind of to it's... the one explanation has to be the truth. Cass, yeah. I also uh, was not the biggest fan of the 
the wording mm-hmm. there in the initial yeah in that yeah because like the reason i worded it that way is because that's the way i most excuse me most often encounter it is people who get real fucking mad at other people for being like oh well they could have an ace relationship <laughs> yeah but yeah i, I yeah. do think it's more the extrapolating a conclusion for the relationship than the greed aspect of it sure. yes but like the, that is yeah i do and think with that this, it's yeah kind of doing a similar thing it is it is because like although it is literally explicitly like i would say this this show yuri kuma is a lot internet. more ex- yeah explicit about its ending yeah. for these two characters than mm-hmm. you know will ever be the default is absolutely a lesbian relationship of some kind we've oh, assumed yeah. this yeah we've extrapolated this and the context approves it but you still have the same fundamental question because what but because the sexuality was never the point there it's do do you love this person um in a healthy way or in an unhealthy way what does healthy look like Mm-hmm. Is healthy absolutely giving your entire self to this other person, Lulu? Uh, maybe not, because now you're fucking dead. Like, that's probably not the conclusion either of you wanted. Or are you going to go in the polar opposite and be like, I love this person so much, I want to consume them. I want to violently control them. You know, that's yeah. not good either. And it, at this point, because you've made it already a lesbian thing, it is like, yeah, this is also a question that has to be asked in the context of romantic relationships. The same mm-hmm. as friend ones is what, you know, greed and like, like desires, I think how they usually go with Yokubo yeah. is desire. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they'll have like want and, and what's the conflict there? Like, what do you actually want? Cause I don't think Inka wants to eat Korea. She thinks that like, you've heard her say things like that earlier in the show, because that's the literal language she speaks in and has been taught, mm-hmm. but that doesn't seem to be quite what she wants. And her journey here is her, figuring out exactly what she wants to do with Kareha when she gets to the top of those stairs and they're alone together. Mm. Does she want to, you know, literally fucking murder this person and eat them the way she just did several other girls? Well, she didn't eat the other girls. She didn't, but you know what I mean? Like, is because that's what she's been told that she wants. That's what she's been told that looks like. That's what she's been told by a heteronormative society that that desire looks like. It's Mm. violent and consumptive and bad, and that's why we don't like it. When really all of this shit was violent and consumptive and bad, and you just put that label on the one thing you wanted to control for. But it turns yeah. out you've all been violent, consumptive, and bad in that effort anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's... it's interesting that their fight, like she's trying to develop this language for herself, because in neither side of this wall has she been taught a healthy fucking thing. Like neither is side why... is healthy. Yeah, this is why Ginkgo is my favorite character is this episode, because mm-hmm. I fully, when I first watched this show, expected Ginkgo to have, like, because they, they tease it as, like, Ginkgo's gonna have this berserker moment and try and hurt Kareha, and then only at the yeah. last second snap back to herself. And then we get that moment on the stairs, and she just goes, nah. she, she's like, I I have, you you know what that story is going to look like. That's not me. That's not who I am. That's mm-hmm. never been how I've loved Kareha. Yeah. Yeah is kind of the one good girl in the whole show. I, I joke, but, like, th- that is actually kind of what the show sets up, is that Ginkgo is in a lot of ways... The only good girl. She's not perfect, but she is the one of the main cast who has the closest to a healthy relationship model from mm-hmm. her introduction to the story until the end of her arc. Mm-hmm. With 
I mean, I'm, I'm not going to talk about episode 12. Episode 12 introduces another way in which love mm-hmm. can be a selfish and mm-hmm. destructive act. And as someone very important learn, like, you know, oh, I, I should maybe not love in this way. So, um, yeah. The, the one thing that I want to just mention here, I'm really, really angry with Ikuhara all the time for this is that sex is always portrayed as part of that destructive, like, unhealthy love. Okay, but hot take, it's absolutely fine here, given the visual language he's drawing from. Like, this is all, like, giallo shit and stuff like that. Like, Mm. the the, the visual language is exploitative. I just realized there's one case there where, uh, not in this anime, but in, in another one where he doesn't fully draw that. Which and one? I might be wrong here, and I might be misremembering because I have haven't seen it as recently as y'all. Mm. But the cops in Sarazanmai no, have an intensely physical love language, and at various points, and it's kind of the closest they are to rebuilding the relationship they had. Before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you are right about that. But the sex is absolutely a component yeah. in the unhealthy parts of their love as well, and I think that's yeah. the only time he's ever managed to make sex be a part of a healthy relationship yeah it's kind of like an exception rather than the rule yeah yeah Yeah. and that really pisses me off that's a power that's a growth for him that's um, maybe maybe that and maybe like a couple of scenes from adolescence of Udna, but that one is mildly marred by the fact that adolescence of Udna decided to do the car metaphor which (laughs) yeah as cool as that sequence is i haven't forgiven ikuhara for it because i have an irrational hatred of it and i don't like it i love it can can i poke in here yes yeah of course (laughs) because it's interesting that this came up because i have kind of wondered if i wanted to talk about it or not but I feel I'm literally the only person in the world who 100% vibes with every time that Ikihara does that. Because... People into cars? No, the other thing. <laughs> like, okay. portrays this as this, like, terrifying and negative thing. Because, like, I, I get where people come from with this sort of, like, this is not really great. Like, you know, this is betraying it this it's way. It's it really yeah. puritanical. And I'm like, yeah, it's fair. But, like, also, yeah, it totally is that. Like, it's terrifying. And... Like, this is sort of a part of human experience, which is fundamentally kind of, I mean, it's not always fucked, but it is often, usually, usually fucked. Like, I mean, I don't know about other people, but my experience of this aspect of the human thingamajig is, like, 60% really awful to the point of, like, messing my whole life up. Like, even mm-hmm. even in the context yeah. of which where it wasn't, like, some kind of weird abusive thing, like, it's just overall not necessarily a good thing or it's a good thing that is not is never uncritically good outside of like mm-hmm. this thing being a part of my life in a way that's uncritically good is extremely new and not really the norm yeah. for, the, for most of it yeah and i've always like i i get why people criticize that and i understand why and i i, I think that's actually probably a good thing to do mm-hmm. but on the other hand it is nice to see somebody who like real recognizes real understands that yeah, it is extremely common for everything attached to human intimacy to go bad. wildly off course all I'm the time. You know actually, what? Actually, pretty I, much in the same boat I, as I 100% you, agree with um, that. Sweet fruits I'm rock. in the same boat as you, but the whole reason that it pisses me off that Ikuhara 
almost never seems to portray sex as part of a healthy relationship is like, please give me some hope. Yeah. Okay. See, here's the thing that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Please give me some, you know, roadmap or some language to make sex into not this horrible, terrifying thing. Do we have to exist on a binary of sex good or sex bad? Yeah. I would like to see more of the more of the healthy end of it because that's something quite frankly i don't think we get i don't think we get like hardly anywhere we and and like i and i've absolutely been the one to say like you know ikuhara you're not really that great with sex and you you're very sex negative and this isn't uh this isn't the best of looks but i also do recognize that saying that really comes from an ivory tower whether you're in the west or in the east because Mm. in neither of these cultures have you actually been taught any of that the reason we're complaining is because there's an absence of that that mm-hmm. we think would probably be, have been nice to get yeah but when you yeah. think of ikuhara in the sense of the the language he's using and the language he's learned and i mean that just in like a humanity sense at this point y- yeah no we are basically told that sex is bad and most of the counter arguments we have to that are very new or they are like i said very ivory tower philosophical you know shit queers talk about that literally nobody else on earth is talking about like there's a lot of that but i do think that yeah sex being a bad is it feels it's like valid it's a storm it's a literal fucking hurricane in this it's a storm sex is a you fucking say. hurricane yeah mm-hmm. like, actually <laughs> hold on hold on I just it's a little I had, a, I had a thought and I'm I'm gonna throw this out here and see if this shakes up the discussion a little before we move forward because this just popped into my head. How do we reconcile is Ikuhara really being fully sex negative here? Because we do have to contextualize these scenes of Yuri Zono trying to tempt Ginko into consumptive desire with the fact that Ginko sex. has been horny this whole show and it's been a gag several times before this mm-hmm. and a lot of the literally those are some of the episode where some of the episodes where she does that and she starts we start openly seeing her fantasies mm-hmm. are the ones where the show just drops the idea of ginkgo it kind of like starts dropping the idea that ginkgo is not actually a villainous character yeah mm-hmm. when she it's starts openly like expressing you know i am mildly hor- horny for kareha that is kind of portrayed as a very normal kind of dorky thing for her oh my god i like where this is going okay here's here's i'm gonna here's my thing about that because i've ex- i've actually said this to people like i'm some sort of fucking expert whatever the difference between healthy sex and unhealthy sex is if you can giggle during the sex and it doesn't stop and it makes sense in the context you're doing okay yeah if you can't giggle you have a problem and that's the difference in how these scenes are getting framed because like you said the earlier scenes where she's sexual she's sexual but it's in a goofy fun kind of healthy like it feels healthy it feels wholesome because you feel that she's like like there's something to laugh about there like there's levity this does not feel goofy or fun and it feels miserable and toxic because it is Mm -hmm. so you've seen sexuality for her on that spectrum because that's how it is like those are both sexual parts of her, but you are distinguishing between what's the healthy bits and what's the, uh, maybe yeah. this isn't the greatest yeah. end, but that's the difference. I is think in the one of them only thing that I would say is 
I wish they would be a little more clear about the sexual aspect of that because a lot of the time when you see Ginkgo having her more wholesome desires, it's all stuff that can be brushed off as like, oh, this is just crush stuff yeah. or, or whatever. It's not a clear, sex. direct line They're to sex. Whereas this the is the way it more, is yeah. with... It, I mean, I'd argue yeah. that like a lot of it is kind of connected because she explicitly it's in her connected. head is dressing Koreha up in sexy clothes. And, yeah. And, like, it's, it's very yeah. much... He's playing with a lot of tropes of softcore manga, essentially. And, like, from that point of view, I would say, like, this is a very normal thing for a teenager to want. Mm -hmm. Which is the other thing we have to remember about this character is, like, she she is literally, this might be the closest she has to a language to explore this kind of stuff. Yeah. Basically, though, what I'm saying is... um, on the one side, you have Kureha being dressed up in cute, sexy outfits. On the other side, you have literally we're on a bed naked together. Yeah. So I would kind of like to see the we're on a bed naked together being also on the healthy fun, side of things but, as well. Uh, yeah, I will, it's there. I will hold my statements. Okay, it is there. That and the you've seen it already. Anime is it's that. dangerous to say <laughs> it's things all before we have finished. Yeah, no, I know. Okay, but but well, I, I if, I'm gonna if say, I see if I see that happen in the last episode, I'm gonna be so happy. That's all I'm gonna speaking say. Speaking of which, but we have like five minutes yeah, left of this episode. Yeah, let's do this. We, we better finish the episode and like. I knew this was gonna turn into a major major thing. That's why I was warning you ahead of here. time. I do want to apologize again for the way I worded things when more i was meaning i don't like to see people excluded yes because of what they think of things rather than you have this specific idea Mm -hmm. and that's not right i just don't like to see that idea excluding other people and excluding other ideas yeah you have had you have seen super sexual on the bed wholesome stuff it's just all of those like little end credits and stuff yeah but which you know it's that's end credits yeah i know that's but i'm just saying they the the visuals have been there the whole time they're just not in the same place and you can make an argument about that but we won't because ginko's at the door and the mirror and she's gonna shatter she shatters the fucking mirror yay Yay. little badass and then she becomes like the human bear thing it's so cute and 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 her devil self is like what a dumbass and disappears just like the otter does later Yep. Congratulations, you have destroyed your id. Yep. Id destroyed. Id subdued. And now the lights are out, but she's on the balcony, so... Well, that's because they used up all the charge on the laser. Oh, that's right. Oh, and this bitch is sniper! She's gonna snipe. Yeah, she's, uh... Yeah, I think it's, like, deliberately out so that she can, uh, turn them on in a second dramatically. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is also fair. Oh, God, I just... so Kureha is pulling, trying to pull the same shit she pulled with Lulu, and it's very obvious at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's trying to go like, no, you know, I reject you, like, please go away, so that she can try and protect Ginko. Mm-hmm. So here we've reached kind of the final point where these two characters who clearly feel things about each other are able to both make sacrifices for each other. And we have reached the stage of this relationship where we are doing gifts of the magi <laughs> yep i like how you can see the bird in that shot of Kureha. oh wow yeah. yeah you can god like every shot of this show is beautiful so well planned 
I love Yuhara like gets these... a budget and he says and the bird's right under her lips there. That's actually moved from last shot. I love that. Yep. It's traveling past her. Uh all right, yeah, whatever. Now we get Surimi again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and now she's crying. Yeah. It took the whole series to come up with a good nickname for Sumika. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's Congratulations! the rest of oh, the oh. time you guys have just been mad that she exists. Anyway, bang. And now we're shoot somebody. 360 ducks, go! I'm just gonna say the trajectories of these parties, just, this does not work. Yeah, it I makes mean, no fine. sense. I'm sorry. Artistic she license. Like she shot Artistic, like that, then yeah. Kuriha would be dead. I'm just gonna say that. I'm these, sorry. These, these gun physics are being very creative. And Lulu jumps in front of it anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. because and, she's the uh, best. Yeah. It, it, it couldn't hit Ginkgo and Kureha because it had to go through all of Lulu's massive heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And in her last moment, God, oh my God, this scene destroyed me the first time I saw it. This is, by the way, Panda. This is who you made me in the art. I just wanted to wear the crown. <laughs> okay, but Lulu is best girl, so yeah. Alice. T- tell me you've. You. Tell me you've all been able to see this scene with the audio on. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. It's I was about beautiful. to say, like, if I would hate for someone's first experience of this scene to not have the most heart-wrenching bit of it, which is in a, a second or two here, where, like, right after yeah, Lulu the music has... Just stops. Th- just cuts out, and, like, she's just slumped over dead. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's It's big powerful. Yeah. But also, is this healthy? Loving someone so hard that you fucking murk yourself. Is that silly? I'm Does anyone not, win there? I'm not sure. You know sure. what? You know I what? don't think that's entirely okay. great either. I, I kind of disagree with you, Vana. If you Ooh. love something enough to die for it, then that's... Uh, it's a choice you can make. And I don't think it's a, a bad one. That's a you sometimes have to make. But I don't know that that would be the healthiest of all available options all the time. No. It's fine to love someone, but there is a point at which you can kind of lose yourself in the idea of love doesn't demand anything back, so neither should I. That can make you vulnerable to be exploited by people who will take advantage of that. Okay, God, this is so long, guys. This this was so cute until I noticed that the fucking male bears are around them. Fuck you! That was like cool, sexy, and all of them on the bed with them. Yeah. Don't like that. <laughs> Don't like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, smash cut yeah. and Kareha's back in court. Yep. Male bears are canceled. Male bears are. Canceled. I imagine that this next episode is just going to be a straightforward legal drama. You yeah, are joking, it. but actually. <laughs> oh no, no, I, I, I agree. Like, we're this is Ikara. Yes, that's, that's the trajectory I see too. So, anyway, yes, tune in next bear. time for Phoenix Wright Baird lawyer. Yes. <laughs> oh no. All right, listeners. I would normally be like, let's talk a little more, but this is two hours, and I'm going to. Dude, yeah. You are going to suffer editing when I go this. to edit this episode. I'm going to be like, God, why did we do this? Uh, so, listeners, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Usnacast. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. Alice, where can people find you online? They can find me online at Lyrewolf, which is L Y R E W U L F, on Twitter. Cass, what would you like yeah. to plug? I would love to plug Alice and I's podcast, Big Steppy, which is about giant robots, mostly Gundam giant robots. 
we are watching Gundam Wing right now, and it is a wild ride. It's great. You can find the Twitter handle for that at, at SteppyCast. And Yasha and Vana, if people, for some reason, want to find you guys on the internet, where would they find you? God, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> Maybe you should just go somewhere else. I did use your website again recently because I did need a... Well, I was looking for a gift from Adolescence of Utena and I could not find it to save my fucking life. So instead, I substituted by getting screen caps from your website of the scene that I wanted to reference uh, i guess you're right i guess it is useful so you can find it at ohtori.nu or you can find us on twitter at ohtori underscore nu and uh listeners the Occhiotori haters club pins are available right now as you're listening to this episode you can go and you can go to utanacast.com because i Woo! got a url Nice. Or imagineutina.com. But uh, utinacast.com, it will take you to the Patreon, and our $15 Mikage tier will get you the Akio Otori Haters Club pin. If you would like to come on this show, there is a Google form that you can fill out. It is in our pinned tweet on Twitter. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can do that at imagineandyutsuna at gmail.com. And if you would like to see me occasionally reblog Utsuna fan art that I like, you can find that at imagineandyutsuna.tumblr.com. And I think that that is all of our things. And if it's not, this episode's too long anyway. I'm not going to try to remember it. And we have another one to record after we're done. So, uh, gal, gal. Gal, gal. Gal, gal. Gal, gal. Look for the bare necessities, the simple 